peeps, this is Angela Bowen, the host of Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. How's everyone doing tonight? It's another gloomy, icky day outside. I thought it would be supposed to be nicer next weekend, according to the weather app, so who knows. But anyway, today I'm going to be covering Season 4, Episode 13, entitled The Reading Game, which aired on May 13th, 1988. In this episode, Cherry's cousin Paula is a talented artist. When it is suggested that she enters a contest, she balks at filling out the entry form because she doesn't know how to read it. So, um, before I get into the episode, just those of you that have been um, following about how my dad's been doing, we finally did get some good news. My dad did go to the... U of M, University of Michigan, and Ann Arbor to see the doctors there. And one of the doctors, which they really, really liked, my dad liked, and he said that my dad would be strong enough to be able to have um, the surgery on his lung to remove the cancer. And so basically, my dad, when I talked to him last night, he sounds so much better. He says he feels like he's getting his strength back. He is on a medication that's helping that. And he's also supposed to walk like three miles a day to kind of really boost his strength up for the surgery, which is happening in July and everything. He's going to be out there for a week. So I'm definitely going to be praying just for him to be strong and the doctors to have strong, skilled hands when they're doing the operation and everything like that. Because this is big. You know, he's 65. He's going under the knife to remove this, you know, the removing the cancer and everything. And, I mean, this is good news that these doctors say they can do this and everything. But it's still scary. You know, I mean, but, you know, it's, it's still, I'm just happy. He sounds so much better. And... Again, thank you, everybody, for all the prayers and everything. That means so much to me. Thank you. Um, but let's get into this episode. So we are in the living room of the apartment. Punky is hanging out on the couch, flipping through it like a teen magazine. She's got, oh, she's got Pringles there and a bunch of other things. Brandon, of course, looks like, you know, a housewife that's, you know, been cleaning she's got he's got the bandana around his head and everything this lavender colored bandana and he's kind of up on his hind paws and he's like pushing this vacuum along this area rug so he's basically doing punky's chores oh my goodness I noticed that they do have the Pringles can. They have some black tape over the name and everything, which they probably do with some of the other stuff that's there, too. Brandon's even got an apron on. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The vacuum, this vacuum has something specially built, like a little platform for him to stand up and kind of put his front paws on and kind of push the vacuum, so... I want to play this clip because this is just funny as Henry comes out into the living room and is like, all right, Brandon, please turn off that vacuum.
He's vacuuming, and I was getting hair on the couch. Get to work. But Sherry's bringing over her cousin any minute. So? So we want her to be comfortable. After all, she's on vacation. You know, shoes off, feet up, vegged out. So Henry comes out and asks Punky, why is Brandon doing your chores? And Punky's like, oh, well, we swapped. He's doing the chores. I'm hanging out on the couch, getting hair all over the couch. And she's got a bag of what looks like maybe Hershey's Kisses right by her. She's also got a box of donuts, what looks like caramel corn, the uh, two packages of those snowballs with, you know, the coconut and everything, and she's got the Pringles, she's got a lot of food, but then again, I mean, she is expecting Sherry and her cousin Paula to come over. So, Henry kind of sits down and says, well, what do you know about this, uh, um, Paula? And, of course, Punky's like, well, I know that her parents are on their second honeymoon, she's got a brother named Bobby, and her favorite things are, what would she say, water skiing and potato chips and... Oh, the last one was freaking out to the Beastie Boys. And lastly, Punky brings up that Paula is a terrific artist, which is going to come into play very shortly. So, Cherry comes over with Paula and... Paula, we see, has got one of those large art pad, like sketch pads underneath her arm, so... Alright, so the girl who plays Paula is played by actress Victoria Lowry. She almost looks like she could uh, be one of the Tia and Tamara Maori sisters, but she's not. And she only did one other thing after this. It was called A Peaceable Kingdom, which I guess is a television series? Which she was only in one episode as a someone named Kathy. So the little boy who plays, like, three-year-old Bobby is played by actor Stephen Hodges, and this is the only thing that is on his IMDb. He's done nothing else. So Cherry introduces Paula to Punky, and Punky's like, oh, I've heard a lot about you. And I love how um, Cherry introduces Paula as her favorite cousin, and the girls are right around the same age. They're both about 12. And I love how after Punky says, oh, Cherry's told me a lot about you, Paula slings an arm around Cherry's shoulder and says, that doesn't surprise me at all. Oh, she says, knowing Cherry, that doesn't surprise me. Like, yeah, they get along, you know, really well and everything. I mean, they're close in age. And then, of course, Punky's like, hey, this is my dad, Henry. So Henry is all like, hey, kick off your 4B size shoe because... Henry said, oh, I bet uh, you you know her shoe size, don't you? And Punky says 4B. So that's got to be a little kid's shoe. When do you, because I think my shoe size is like seven and a half, eight. And I think when I was like 
probably 13, 14, that's when my feet stopped growing. They didn't get any bigger than that. I mean, if I had shoes like 4B or something, it was probably so long ago that I was too young to remember. But, and he's like, I'm going to crank up the Beastie Boys. Henry, have you listened to the Beastie Boys? I, some of their stuff, I mean, I like the Beastie Boys, don't get me wrong, but I don't know, are they a little too, uh, older, too old for, for the girls, might be a little too young to be listening to them? I don't know. I want to play this clip where they meet Paula, and then when Betty comes in with little Bobby, who, he, he looks to be about maybe two, because his words are kind of garbled. <laughs> brings in little two-year-old Bobby, or maybe he's three, I'm not sure. No, nah, yeah, maybe he's two. At first I couldn't understand what he's, Bobby said. He said, blah, 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 but then now that I played it the second time, he said, I threw up on the bus. Like, okay, I, I made that out. And of course, Henry's like, oh, great. And Betty actually is like, oh, can I set him down in your room to take a nap? So I can kind of catch my breath. And Henry's like, my room? My bed? No. What? 
And she's like, well, I could take him upstairs and, you know, just, I can sit there and while he sleeps and talk to nobody. It's like, why Henry's room? Why not offer to put him in punkies? You know, that Henry's room is, yeah, he says, you know, I got a lot of valuable things in there that are easily breakable. Which we do end up hearing something break. Like, no, don't touch that. Like, I thought he was napping. That kid did not look the least bit tired. He looked, I don't know. So, Punky calls out to Brandon, like, hey, Brandon, where are those ding-dongs? Brandon brings out an empty box with his muzzle covered in marshmallow fluff. And Punky's like, Brandon, you ate the whole box. Now, ding-dongs we know are chocolate and they have, like, like some marshmallow, like, white cream stuff on them. <laughs> oh, my goodness. He's going to kill that dog. <laughs> chocolate is not supposed to be, cons you know, consumed. Dogs are not allowed to consume chocolate. That's not good. They could die. Anyway, um, <laughs> Paula takes this as an opportunity to start drawing Brandon, you know, on her sketch pad. And, of course, Brandon barks to Punky, who relays to Paula, like, oh, hold on a sec. He wants you to get him on his good side, which is his right side. And Brandon kind of turns around so that way his right side is facing her. And then Henry's like, oh, you like to draw animals, right? That's great. And Paula's like, oh, yeah, sit down, you're next. And he's like, excuse me? And Cherry kind of like, almost kind of translates Paula speak into, oh, that means that, uh, oh, I notice here on the table, along with all the other stuff, they do have Nabisco Honey Made, so they probably did get the rights for that, but they didn't get it for Pringles, so that's why there is, like, a Sharpie blacking out the name of the Pringles on the can. So, Cherry translate, oh, she means that she likes to draw a lot. And Cherry, of course, is like, she's a great artist. In fact, there's a contest in the newspaper for um, uh, artists to, uh, you know, an uh, art contest. Um, and Cherry has the, the form to fill out for it. And, of course, she's kind of shoving it in Paula's face, like, well, she could enter this contest if you bother to fill out this form. And, of course, Paula shrugs it off, like, eh, I'll do it later. Which, you you know, if you've seen the episode, this is going to come back. She's shrugging it off like it's no big deal. So now in the next scene, Paula's still working on, you know, drawings. Now she's focused on Cherry, who's kind of modeling for her. <laughs> we finally do get to see... Paul is drawing. This one is of Cherry. And, <clears throat> excuse me, of course this actress did not draw this picture. This is what's called a caricature. It's basically one of those giant head little bodies. And it's really cool. The detail is really, really beautiful. I love how she also has, like, the beaded headband kind of across the forehead that Cherry always wears. And she's got it, you know, really big, you know, your mouth, and it's it's really pretty. Um, I mean, she's artistic. I mean, 
she could probably make money off those, but, I, I mean, and I'm sure there's a category for caricatures and stuff like that, but I don't know just how far she could take that. I mean, this is kind of thing you see at, like, uh, amusement parks and stuff like that. You know, guys that you can pay money and they'll draw your picture like that. I wanted to do that, which I probably said on the last episode when I was talking about this. Now, um, Jeremy's cousin, um, at her wedding reception had hired a guy to do that. And that was supposed to be for the adults. They also had a fun little photo booth thing that was supposed to be for the kids. But kids were doing the, the funny, um, uh, drawings and stuff like that. It's like, I wanted to. I wanted Jeremy and I to do it. But it's like, we were heading out to fly out to South Carolina the next day. And, you know, the trip to the wedding from where we live was like about three hours. So it was just like, oh my goodness. Uh, I, I really, I hope one day I can do that. Actually, when I was at my dad's for the open house slash retirement party, um, Pam and my dad had had one done because there's a framed picture of that. And I'm like, that is so cool. Granted, the guy made my dad look like he was 70 plus years old, but still, it's a nice picture. So she shows Cherry the picture and Cherry's a little disappointed. She's like, oh yeah, that'd be great if I was Bugs Bunny. So she's never seen her cousin draw before. This has got to be the first time, otherwise she wouldn't look so disappointed. Small to capture your most prominent feature. Oh, I feel it, I feel it, I feel it. 
over and of course Paula has learned all about Margot from Cherry. Oh, you must be the one and only Margot Kramer. And then of course Margot's kind of making a comment like, oh, I just had to meet Cherry's cousin, the famous artiste. I mean, who knew? Someone in your family had talent, Cherry. Okay. And I guess Bobby and Paula both come from Rockford, Illinois. So there's a Rockford, Michigan, and there's a Rockford, Illinois. That is very interesting. So Henry comes out with uh, Coca-Cola Classic that says that they were able to get the, the sponsors or they are able to get the drinks there. That's pretty cool. And so Henry comes out with that, and then we hear another crash from the bedroom as Betty's like, Oh, don't worry. Bobby's fine. Ugh, great. Henry's like, um, he didn't break my antique, my mirror, did he? And Betty's like, oh, but no, but I mean, well, you should probably be careful for the next seven years. Um, if Bobby's the one who broke it, he's the one who's getting seven years bad luck. I would, I mean, this is supposed to be funny. It's not funny. He's destroying Henry's room. I know he's a two-year-old, but he's a little terror. I mean, my goodness gracious sake. He comes out, like, with this tall, like, little nutcracker-type thing. Oh, it's a toy! It's a toy! And Henry pulls it out of his hands, like, it's an antique! Don't touch it! So finally, Henry comes up with the idea, like, hey, how about we all go out for ice cream? And he actually kind of scoops Bobby up in his arms, like, hey, you, me, how about some ice cream, eh? And the kid is like something like, hey, that's awesome, or something like that. It's be he's two, so it's a little uh, mumbly, but I think I caught it. So the girl, um, Paula also did Henry's portrait, which is really funny. It's still, you know, the big head, but his body, he's got a club in his hand. It almost looks like Tarzan mixed with Fred Fl Flintstone, because he's got like one of those um, leopard type, um, leopard-skinned, um, not a leotard, but something like that, you know, that Fred Flintstone wore. But anyway, it just, it's kind of funny. And then, of course, the one with Betty was, you know, her in her nurse's outfit with a, a syringe in her, um, you know, a nurse, you know, a syringe. So that's kind of cool. And then, of course, they all decide to go out to get ice cream and probably some exercise. Let Bobby run off that energy in the park. Wear him down till he'll actually sleep. And, um, yeah, the, the girls head out. Uh, Punky's like, wait, but Paula didn't get to do my picture yet. We haven't even seen Brandon's yet. I want to see Brandon's picture. And Henry's like, don't worry, Punky, we'll get that when we get back. Of course, as the family... 
you know, as everyone heads out, Paula kind of hangs back for a second and asks Punky to help fill out the form for the art contest in the newspaper. Oh, Punky says about this place, it's a great place. They have a new flavor of strawberry meatloaf. That sounds as bad as what Alan had said back in um, season one with the Irving's pork sausage flavored ice cream. That sounds so nasty. But strawberry meatloaf sounds nasty. No two things they should ever go together. tells Punky, like, hey, can you help me fill this out, this application? And Punky's like, well, yeah, here, let me look at it. You know, these, these questions look pretty simple. I mean, I don't understand. Is it because you're from Rockford? And Paula's, no, it, like, no, it's because I can't read. And Cherry and Betty have no idea. And we learned that Paula is in the seventh grade. The seventh grade! This... Uh, so she's never, ever learned to read. How has she gotten to the seventh grade? This... Oh, my goodness gracious. And her parents... She needs... The help that she needs to... Um, we'll get into it, guys. We will get into this. When she says that she can't read... Punky is like, you can't read? Like, it's the most shocking thing in the world. Because originally she's like, yeah, we can fill this out in the car. And that's why Paula said, no, we got to do it here. And she's like, promise me, promise me you won't tell Cherry and Aunt Betty. I don't want them to know about this. She's really putting Punky over a barrel here. She really is putting her in a a heck of a position. Um, okay, let's think about this for a second, okay? So, in the last episode, Aunt Larnice is coming in town. Betty said, you're my only sister, right? Okay. She did not say anything about having any brothers. She might, we just didn't hear about them. She said, you're my only sister. All right, maybe she's got a brother. That's going to be the connection here. That that's how um Paula and Bob... Paula and Bobby have a heck of an age difference, at least a 10-year age gap. Man, her, their parents going on that second honeymoon, they might come, be coming back with another baby. I don't know. I don't know. But in the next scene, we get to see Brandon's picture. Oh, it's so cute. I can see it from behind. Punky's holding it up, and you can kind of see the outline in the back. 
Oh, I love it. Oh, it's so good. She's like, hey, Brandon, I think she caught the real you. And she turns it around. It is beautiful. I think I want to get pictures of all of them. And then I'll put them on the Instagram page. These are so cool. God, I love them.
Oh, I also love how Brandon is drawn on a skateboard, because we've seen him skateboard. He's also on his dog collar. Paula drew the little bandanas that Punky ties on his dog collar. Really, really cool. And, of course, Brandon's got a bark as, like, hey, my nose is too long. And Punky's like, yeah, I know. I mean, you're not a Pekingese, though. I mean, come on. <laughs> so Paula comes in with Cherry. They're both excited. Paula won the art contest, and she earned $200. Apparently, there was not an age restriction that says you have to be 17 or 18 or older. Or, I mean, clearly you have to have your parents' permission because there was, you know, a form to fill out. I don't know the logistics of it. I didn't read the form. They didn't show it to me. But, um, <laughs> yeah. So, the other part of the prize, aside from the 200 bucks, which is amazing, is free art classes, which is awesome. So, since Punky and Paula know her, uh, you know, Paula's secret she can't read, Punky is like, oh, um, will you need help filling out the enrollment papers? As then it's almost like she's trying to bring this up so Cherry will ask about it. And Paula is kind of a little, you know, curt with, with Punky. She's like, nope, I'll take care of it later. Like, <laughs> you don't be a Debbie Downer on my, on my uh, happiness here, Punky. But of course, sure enough, Cherry's like, well, why would she need help? And Punky's like, well, why don't you ask Paula that question? So Paula sits down on the couch with Cherry. She's like, all right, I guess I can tell you, Cherry, since you're my cousin, but you got to promise not to tell Aunt Betty. And Paula kind of looks at Punky like, why did you get me into this? And she kind of guiltily says, I can't read. Now, Cherry doesn't like how Punky was when... Paula told Punky where Punky was like, you can't read? Are you kidding me? No, no, she's not like that at all. And I like how Punky puts a hand on Paula's shoulder for support and kind of leans into her like, as she t tells Cherry, I had to help her with the application. That's going to be really upsetting and hard for Paula to admit that she's gotta feel really embarrassed like because she's you know she's what a couple years older a year or two older than Cherry and she's admitting that she can't read like at all when Cherry's like you mean you just needed her to help you out with the application right you know to help you read it and Paula's like no I mean I can't read like at all so, Cherry asks the obvious question, well, how do you get by in school? And Paula's like, oh, well, simple. You know, kids do my homework in exchange for me drawing them pictures. That's interesting, Paula, but when you get to high school, that's if you get to high school, that isn't gonna, that's not gonna work. You know, that's not, I mean, you know, you're dealing with you know, younger kids and everything. They'd be impressed by the drawings. High schoolers, I don't think that's going to cut it. They're going to want money. So Paula does admit that the school did hold her back once, but then she got too big for her classes, so they decided to pass her. Shame on the school. Shame on them. And shame for not involving the parents. They clearly don't know about this. How could the school... Uh, so, and Punky and Cherry are kind of just 
they're begging Polly. It's like, Polly, you have to learn how to read. And Sherry's like, you can't do anything if you can't read. Of course, Paula, who's got the little uh, form in her hand, like, I just made $200 drawing. I can draw. Great. That's great. You know what? So did Jack Dawson in Titanic. He made a little bit of pocket change, but that's probably all you'd end up making. You have to know how to read. You cannot get a get ahead in the world if you don't. So, and then she throws it back in their face. She's like, how much have you made reading? It's like, they've made zero. But you know what? They are more... <laughs> they got better prospects for knowing how to read than you. You, She needs to... She does not realize just how serious this is. And this is gonna... Guys, you've seen... If you've seen this, you know. This is gonna be a major focal point later in this episode. It's basically going to be a life-or-death situation. That she's gonna be up against because she can't read. But Punky points out, it's like, you know what? You wouldn't have made anything if I hadn't helped you fill out that form. And then Paula is like, well, you know what? Why are you sticking your nose in my business? I'm like, sweetie, um, you asked for her help. You made it her business by telling her and speaking up and saying, I can't read. So you know what? And I'm with Punky. She's like, you know, I can't help but not be nosy when somebody I know is doing something not right. I love how she says, when I get the time, I'll learn to read. Like, it's no big deal. Like, oh, when I get the time, I'll learn how to do my laundry. I'll just throw it in the washer. It's not something you can learn overnight. She has no concept of how to read words, how they sound, how to put letters together to form words. Oh, my God. So Paul is more concerned about being able to take those art classes and the fact that her, her parents found out, which they don't know, they've not known at all, that they'll yank her from those art classes. You know what? How about she takes the art classes, but she has to be tutored to learn how to read. I honestly think it would not take that long to be able to grasp that. I really, really don't. If she found the right tutor... And someone in school, because her work would have to be, I think she'd still be able to stay at the same grade level. I mean, as far as the teachers know, she's handing in her homework. Kids are doing it. She's clearly getting grades. So that's how she's kind of duping these teachers, because they see that her work is being done. Granted, it's being done in different handwriting all the time, but I don't think that they've caught on to that. So she's not only putting punky in a sort in a bad way she's punky put bleh. she's putting cherry in a very bad situation she's basically got her backed up against the wall not literally saying please don't tell on me keep my secret and and cherry agrees with like okay as long as you promise you'll learn to read and paul's like oh okay i promise and then Cherry's like, okay, matter that's taken care of. Here, let me help you fill out this form. Her parents would have to be looking at this form. She can't just oh and sign up for our classes without them knowing about it. So Cherry slings an arm around Paula's shoulder, and they both 
head to the door to go upstairs to uh, Cherry and Betty's apartment to fill out the application. And, but before Cherry walks out the door, she turns to Paula and says, Hey, I want to talk to Punky for a minute. I'll be right with you. And this is where, as you heard in the clip, Cherry completely turns on Punky. You know, Punky's voicing her opinion, like, Cherry, I really think you're wrong about this. And Cherry's like, hey, she's my cousin. I have to help her. I have to keep this secret. Oh, I love how Punky throws in an old age joke. What if she waits until her life is older, like when she's 30? Oh, Punky, wait till you get to be, uh, in your 30s. And <laughs> you look back at this like, wow, and I thought 30 was old. But then again, when I was her age, I probably thought 30 was old, too. So Cherry, of course, states again, hey, she's my cousin, I gotta help her. Punky's like, yeah, but we're not helping her by keeping the secret that she can't read any better than Brandon. Of course, Brandon barks at her, and she's like, oh, sorry, Brandon, I didn't mean to offend you. So Cherry is like, you're not asking me to rat out my own cousin, are you? And Punky says, you know, this isn't ratting. I mean, think about how confused she's going to be. No, I mean, she can't read. She's got to already be confused. What if she goes to the bathroom and she ends up going, you know, she can't tell the difference between a woman's bathroom and a men's bathroom. Boy, yeah, that's going to be pretty dang awkward. Granted, she doesn't say, Punky doesn't say men's bathroom. She says, like, a fire hydrant or something. Oh, and cattle crossing, that's what it was. Okay. Now, this is where Cherry throws this in Punky's face. Punky, you owe me one. Remember when I covered for you when you went to go see an R-rated movie and you skipped school? And Punky's like, yeah, I mean, I got caught. I mean, you didn't say anything, but I still got in trouble. And and Cherry's like, That's, that doesn't even matter. The fact is, is I didn't say anything. So Punky's like, you know, that's not the point. The point is that Paula's going to get caught. You're going to get in trouble for hiding the secret. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to be, you know, you defend your cousin and everything like that, protect their secret, but you're doing more harm than good. So Cherry leaves angry. Punky turns to Brandon and is like, Brandon, what am I going to do? And poor Brandon's got his, you know, head on his paws. He doesn't know, you know, he doesn't know what to do. He's a dog. He just, he feels bad that she feels bad. You know, Punky even probably feels powerless. Like, there's nothing that can be done. So, it's nighttime. Punky's in her room, and she's kind of bouncing a basket. Uh, she's kind of tossing a baseball at the roof of Brandon's doghouse and catching it into her mitt. It's got a good bounce to it. When she bounces it and it fall, like, basically falls right into her mitt, she's actually sitting on this really cool fuchsia-painted stool. Oh, look at Brandon's! Look at his um, pajamas! His little pajamas! He's got a little hat on! Oh. She's doing this, of course, while Brandon is in his doghouse. He comes out and takes it away from her. Like, please, I'm trying to sleep. That doesn't help. So all that bouncing of that baseball against the roof of Brandon's doghouse has brought Henry in. He's kind of wondering, hey, what's going on? You're still up. She's like, yeah, I'm sorry about that. As she climbs into her bed. And she tells Henry she's got a problem. 
and, you know, I got this sick feeling in my gut, and of course he makes a joke about the strawberry meatloaf ice cream, like, no, no, Henry, no, this is serious, and then, he, you know, he sits down on the stool and says, all right, are you having me worried now, what's up? breaking a confidence she tells Henry that Paula can't read and he's like are you serious like not at all and Punky admits well she a little bit but maybe enough to qualify for second grade so that's second grade isn't terrible I mean it's not seventh grade reading level I mean I think when I was in high school I'm not sure what level I was reading at I mean I read all the time as a kid, but when taking those, like, tests and stuff that kind of measure your comprehension of what you're reading, I, I'm not sure where I scored, like, in the 7th or 8th grade when I was in high school. So, it's not, it wasn't, like, like, 12th, 11th grade level or anything, but as far as I'm concerned, it was enough to get me by. And granted, if you listen to this podcast since the beginning, you, I probably mentioned that I was in special ed due to being born premature and having um, emotional difficulties and everything like that. So, um, there, I, there are sometimes there are things that I can't comprehend that I'll kind of need, sometimes need someone to kind of work it, work through what I'm reading. I mean, not very often. But, um, yeah. So, Henry does tell Punky that we do have to talk to Betty. Like, I know you don't want to, but I will. And she's like, you really have to? He's like, honey, we are doing... This is serious. Paula can't, you know, she can't read. You can't keep it secret like that. But, you know, basically not word for word. You heard it in the clip, but... This is a serious matter, and now we're going to get to the conversation between Henry and Betty, where he pretty much tells, you know, they're talking about the issue with Paula not being able to read. Concentrated on that. I guess you're right. We're all so proud of our children. 
It's easy for us not to notice their shortcomings. <laughs> Especially if the kid doesn't want you to notice. It happens all the time with kids who are outstanding in sports. Yeah, they only know football, basketball. <laughs> and if they don't make it in sports, they don't have an education to fall back on. I'm going to call my brother and sister-in-law right now. Punky's worried about Cherry being mad at her. And Cherry better worry about me being mad at her. Thanks for telling me, Henry. <laughs> So, Henry's trying to drink his hot coffee, and of course, as he's doing that, that's when Betty slaps him on the back. Like, oh, I can't believe, you know, my niece can't read. I've never, if you've ever choked on something hot, that is going to scald your throat. I'm, I don't know if I have choked on something hot, like hot chocolate or something, or coffee. I don't really drink coffee, but, um, anyway... So he's like talking just above a whisper because now he's burned his vocal cords, it seems like. Um, you know, Betty's just shocked. You know, she's like, I've known this girl my whole life, and you're telling me that my niece can't read. How have I not noticed this? How have her parents not noticed this? And Henry brings up, well, being that she's such a good artist, maybe that kind of. Um, distracted the parents from realizing the real problem and he does bring up the fact you know with with sports and everything like that the kids like they shine in one particular area other areas tend to get overlooked well and he also says that you know they concentrate so much on sports and you know trying to get like a scholarship or something for college that their studies kind of fall by the wayside and that but the thing is is I do believe, even when I was in school, there were kids on sports teams that had to have the teachers fill out a weekly report of their grades. And if they dropped below a B, they could easily get um, benched and not be able to play in the game and everything like that. So that is serious. You have to keep your studies up. And the thing is, what if you get injured playing a sport? Then you have no choice but to fall back onto um, y your academics and everything, and, and try to get an academic scholarship. So, Henry tells Betty that, she, um, Punky's a little worried that she broke a confidence with Cherry, and Betty's like, well, Cherry better worry about what I have to say, because I'm not too happy with her. And we do hear, in fact, that this is Betty's brother and sister-in-law. Because Aunt Lernie's just happened like an episode or so ago. So at least they're keeping up with that. They're not, like, saying sister and brother-in-law. They're saying brother and sister-in-law. So thank you for that, for the continuity that is important. And the next scene... Little Bobby is running around the couch like a locomotive. This boy's got energy to burn as he's carrying a stuffed dinosaur, zipping around the couch with Punky chasing after him. He finally crashes on the couch like, oh, like, please, chill, child, please, chill out. Do not give that little boy any sugar. He does not need that. What could you do? I mean, he's clearly a toddler. What could you do to distract them and maybe not so much even distract them, but to burn off that high energy? 
I don't have kids, but I sense when Quinn goes into one of her high energy zipping up and down the stairs and he's making a ruckus and a racket and everything like that. It's like, she's got energy to burn. And the same thing was, you know, dogs and stuff. I don't have a dog, but even the one I had when I was like 13 and stuff, it was an outdoor dog. It was, you know, a lot of high energy, but I'm planning to get um, a golden retriever and another, you know, five or seven years. <laughs> That's my goal. Um, and I've read, you know, I follow the um, Michigan Golden Retriever Breeder uh, group, and they all say, you know, they all say that Goldens are very active. They are high energy. You got to, you know, play with them, walk them all the time, burn off that energy, throw a frisbee, throw a ball, throw anything to burn that off. But how does that work with little kids, though? I mean, the kid is, he is becoming a little holy tailor, terror. He is ran, just ripping apart Henry's room. He's got seven years of bad luck now because he broke a mirror. I don't know, does, does anyone believe that? I broke, like, I had this wallet when I was 14 that had a little mirror in it. I don't know how this thing got broken, but I swear it felt like seven years of bad luck. Maybe not. I'm probably exaggerating, but still. It felt like it. Maybe it's because when I was 21, I met Jeremy, and my life just felt a lot, lot better. I don't know. I'm going to play this clip between little Bobby and Punky. It is so adorable. They both collapse on the couch. Bobby turns to Punky, and you can hear him say, I like you. Aww, that is adorable. He's such a cutie. asks her to tell him a story and then he 
spits in her face and she wipes her face like, oh, gross. So she tells a story about Bobby the dinosaur eating these 100-pound chocolate chip cookies. And as she's telling the story, the door opens and Cherry and Paula come in. They're both angry at Punky for squealing. So Punky's like, I didn't blab. I only told Henry. And then Paula's like, yeah, that told Aunt Betty. And then she called my parents. And now when I get back, I'm going to have to have a tutor. Well, you need to have a tutor so you can learn to read, girl. Oh, my goodness. And Betty's kind of hearing this as Cherry's, uh, Paula's like, you ruined my vacation. And uh, Betty finds like, no, Punky did you a favor. You have to take care of this problem here. You've got to learn how to read. And she turns, Betty turns to Punky like, you, I'm not too happy with. And so Punky and Cherry and Betty, they all go up. Well, Cherry, I cannot talk today. Punky chases after Cherry. Betty tells Paula, hang here with Bobby. I'm going to go up and talk to these girls. And that's pretty much leaving Paula and Bobby alone. And Bobby's like, tell me a story. And Paula's like, not right now, Bobby. I'm not in the mood. You know what? How about this? How about I draw a picture of you? I'm going to go to Punky's room to get some paper. Because I'm sure Punky has lots of sketch paper hanging around. So her being gone and Bobby just hanging there by himself, he decides, of course, he's going to get into mischief. As he goes into the kitchen and Brandon follows. Oh, I'm sorry. Brandon goes through the doggy door and then Bobby follows in after him. Now, we see in the kitchen Bobby come through the doggy door and the camera is faced almost. It's down uh, at Bobby's level, at the floor level. So we can get it kind of from Bobby's POV. It's right around, yeah, it is at cupboard level. So Bobby's saying, drink, drink, and he opens up the cupboard underneath the sink. Um, why doesn't he open the fridge? Yeah, we...
Just read what it says to do after warning if swallowed. It says if swallowed, drink large quantities of milk. Milk! I'll get it! a close call, but Bobby's going to be fine. You were smart to call 911. Yeah, but once I got in the phone, I was totally useless. Boy, was I dumb. You're not dumb, Paula. Well, I sure was dumb not to learn to read. It almost cost me my brother's life. So, are you going to learn how to read now? Yup. And you know what I'm going to learn to read first? What? So Bobby goes in, he opens the cupboard, which of course, Henry's kitchen, none of his house is baby-proof because he doesn't have a baby there. And so I don't know, maybe this is something that Bobby is used to doing, like, at his own home. He'll just, like, open cupboards. You know, kids, they're curious. They like to get into stuff. That's why you have to watch them. So Brandon's just kind of standing there, kind of watching this all go down. Bobby, the first thing Bobby pulls out is, like, a wire brush used for scrubbing stuff. And Brandon just kind of turns as Bobby is just chucking the stuff across the kitchen floor. Then he throws another brush. He throws what looks like dish soap next. So Paula comes out into the living room from Punky's bedroom and is looking for Bobby. She doesn't see him. Next, Bobby pulls out what looks like it's fabric softener. And he this lid wasn't screwed on or anything. He just pops it off like it was just sitting there, basically. Just on... The lid was just sitting on the top of the bottle. I also noticed that this bottle of fabric softener, it's, just, it's not an actual brand, it's just called Cushy Fabric Softener, and it's got, like, little heart stickers on it. He downs this really, really quick. He puts it to his lips like he'd be drinking, like, any type of drink. He full-on chugs that fabric softener! Now we see, as Paul is looking for Bobby, we go back to the kitchen. Sorry, I mentioned my back here. Bobby is now sitting with his legs crossed on the floor, clutching his stomach as he's saying, Tummy hurts. And he kind of keels over to the side like he is in real pain. So Paula hears moaning and groaning from the kitchen. She goes in there, sees Bobby there on the floor. And she grabs the fabric softener out of his hands and he's like, did you drink this? And he shakes his head yes. So she pulls Bobby up with the fabric softener in the other hand and sits in on the chair that's right next to the phone on the wall to call 911. And the operator picks right up. And Paula is freaked out. She's frantic. And the operator does say, don't worry, we trace the line so somebody is being sent out to take care of this. And this, this operator is the calmest woman in the world. She knows she's speaking to a child. She doesn't, you know, Paula's upset. She's freaked. So you want to keep the girl as calm as pos possible. 
So she says, my brother just drank from a bottle of stuff from underneath the sink. Now remember, she can't read, so she doesn't know that it's fabric softener. So she's asking, what do I do? He looks real sick because she's kind of clutching him, you know, to her chest and everything. Like, so it's okay, Bobby. It's okay. We're going to take care of this. We're going to get you help. Now the operator asks, can you read it? And she's like, I can't read it. And, of course, the operator can't see what's going on. She's, she's like, is uh, the bottle, is it distorted? Can you not read the words that way or something like that? And Paul is like, no, I can't read it all. And the operator's like, well, you have to try. So she tries to sound out the word warning in, like, three syllables. War-ni-ing. So that's as far as she gets. So, of course, she probably knows warning is not a good thing. There are stickers, rainbow stickers, heart stickers, little pink and yellow stick stickers all over this thing. It says Cushy Fabric Softener. It's not a real brand. Oh, she asked if the label is worn off. Okay. I, I like how the, the operator is, like, kind of keeping at this, like, please, you have to try. Because before she like, you can't read at all? And she's like, I can read a little. Like, all right, come on. You can try. Just try a little bit. Oh, he says, Paula, it hurts. I don't know if that's really him saying that. It seems like it's coming. Because you can't see Bobby's face. Because he's, you know, his head's pressed against, against Paula and everything. So I think that line is like ADR'd in by an adult. Even when he first says that as he's clutching his tummy, you know, tummy hurts. He's not, his lips, I don't think, are even moving. So Paula just gives up after trying to sound out the word warning. Like, please, we have to do something. My brother could die. And that is the moment that Cherry and Punky come in and they're hearing this from the kitchen. And they're like, oh, what, 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 what's going on? And they rush in there and they're like, what happened? What happened? And Paula's like, he drank some of this. I don't know. I can't read the bottle. Punky gets on the phone with the operator and the operator says, read what it says to do if you drink this fabric softener. And it says, lar drink large quantities of milk and they do happen to have milk which cherry runs to the refrigerator gets the milk out gets a glass and pretty much they force it down bobby's throat we don't see that but now we see the aftermath of betty or is coming out of the henry's bedroom saying bobby's all right he's sleeping which he's actually not sleeping he's ruining more stuff in henry's room and Paula is admitting, you know, she feels absolutely useless. You know, she Now she really wants to learn to read. So if my brother could have died, it would have been all my fault. And I now understand how important it is to read. And, she, and Paula says, the first thing I'm going to do when I get home is read, when I learn to read, is read every bottle under the sink. Um, not to mention, tell your parents if they haven't yet to baby-proof the house completely. That means... Or even t taking the bottles that are underneath the sink that could be toxic, putting them up at a level that he can't get to it. Even to the point where even if he were to get a chair and push it against something, because you know if a child wants something bad enough, they're going to go to great lengths to get it. And that includes pushing chairs up against something to get to a higher counter, climbing on the counter trying to get above the fridge. It's just... Kids are, de they're determined that way. When they want something bad enough, they will do whatever means necessary to get what they want.
So, of course, Betty calls Bobby a little angel. Like, sure, Betty. As he breaks something, because Henry's like, oh, things are finally getting back to normal as we hear a crash. So, it's Paula probably on her spring break. This is probably, what, April? And, um, you know, Henry and Betty run in there, and then Punky, of course, makes a joke about, ha, that's about as normal as things get. She and Cherry slap high five. Poor Paula is looking dejected and depressed as heck with her head and her, her, her chin in her hand while Punky and Cherry are high-fiving each other. It's like, this girl is, yeah, this is going to take a toll on her. It's really, uh, she's beating herself up mentally. But that's pretty much the episode. Um, As far as for the Brandon Tailway rating... I'm going to give this one, let me see, I'm going to give it a 4 out of 5. I like the whole thing with Brandon, like with the vacuum cleaner. Um, I really, I liked, um, I liked Paula's drawings. I thought they were good. I mean, they were caricatures, but they were good. Um, I liked when um, Punky kind of confronted Paula to kind of, in a way, let Cherry know what's going on, um, and the whole thing with them helping Paula in the end with Bobby drinking that fabric softener and everything like that, uh, Betty even telling Cherry that she was wrong to keep that from her, the fact that, uh, Paula couldn't read. The one thing I didn't like, I didn't like the whole thing with Bobby destroying Henry's stuff. That bit went on way too long. But, uh, yeah. So, four out of five Brandon Tailwags. As far as for Punky's principles, like I've said, I'm not a parent, but it doesn't take a parent to know that kids like to get into things when they're really young. I'm sure I probably did when I was a toddler. I can't remember, but, um, just store things if you can. Stuff like fabric softener, which is probably kept in the laundry room, but dish soap, uh, dishwasher fluid, any type of chemicals that a kid could easily get, because those things are easy to get off. Heck, a dish soap, all you gotta do is pull the thing on the top and you can guzzle it down. I'm, I'm, just, just, Definitely. I mean, your par- if your parents out there, you already know this stuff. I'm not, but just yes, take precautions. You know, they have little locks on the doors so kids can't get in there because that's usually where they want to get into is stuff that they can, you know, spaces they can crawl into under the sink and the cupboards with the pots and pans. How many parents have taken pictures of the kids playing with the pots and pans in the cupboard? Lots of them, I'm sure. Alright, the next episode I'm doing Tuesday, Season 4, Episode 14, entitled, Ouch, which aired on May 16th, 1988. Punky is afraid to undergo an appendectomy, which of course is an appendix that is close to bursting. She needs her appendix removed. One thing that kind of makes me think is, that's probably a good time, if she has to go in for surgery... The doctor's probably asking things about her her family's background, medical history, stuff like that. Things that neither Punky or Henry would even be able to address. 
you know, they don't know if Punky's family has a history of this or that. I mean, appendix is a common thing, but what is, you know, one day that they're going to ask these questions as Punky gets older. Does your family have a history of any type of illnesses, you know, cancer or, or anything else, you know, drug abuse or something like that? Just those are things that I'm sure Punky one day as she gets older, she's going to want to know these things about her family. Not just for, you know, curiosity's sake, but for her own health and for her own peace of mind. All right, let's say hey to some Punky Power listeners. We have Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, I think, <laughs> um, Buffalo, New York, Phoenix, Arizona, Easton, Maryland, Silver Spring, Maryland, and of course, Reno, Nevada. So, one last thing before I go. I did say that if you follow my Instagram page, I did post a photo of the book I'm currently reading. It's called Sweet by Emmy Laybourne, who is the author of the Monument 14 series, which I read and it is amazing. And the tagline for this book is, They'd Kill to Get Thin. So, I'll read the back of it. Welcome aboard the luxurious celebrity-filled cruise to lose, sponsored by the new diet sweetener, Solu, which is short for solution, guaranteed to make passengers lose 5% of their body weight. Meet Laurel Willard. She's an awkward, freckled amateur guitarist whose friend invited her along. But she's beginning to regret going on this trip. She's too seasick to even try Solu. Or Solu. Meet Tom Fiorelli, a former child star. He knows that he should be grateful for this job and the opportunity to shed his old baby Tom Tom image. His publicists have even set up a quote-unquote romance with the sexy reality TV star. FYI, it didn't work out. But in this gripping book by the author of the Monument 14 series, a dream vacation turns into a nightmare as the sweetener's unforeseen side effects start to tear the ship apart. Laurel and Tom fall, fall for each other and fight for their lives as the cruise becomes more horrifying than they could have imagined. Yes, I'm like 200 pages in. I'm going to finish this tonight. It just got really, really dark. And I'm like, this is going to probably be in my dreams. And I'm going to be waking up in a cold sweat in the middle of the night. having had No, I don't do that when I have nightmares. I don't wake up in a cold sweat. I probably wake up with my heart beating a million miles an hour. But I don't wake up in a cold sweat. But anyway, I thought I would read that. Guys, read this book. If you are looking for something, because I just got this book yesterday, and I read it a bit yesterday, but I'm, like, reading this all day. And I've kind of been putting off the podcast a little bit, which I wish I'd done it earlier because my laptop had to be updated, which took freaking forever. So that's why I was recording this podcast at, like, 9 o'clock at night instead of my normal in the afternoon. But... All right, everyone, have a wonderful, well, I can't say weekend anymore because now we're heading into Monday. Start of the work week. Kids are out of school now, so enjoy summer. Enjoy it while you can, children, because one day you'll be joining the workforce and you won't have summer vacations anymore. It's just going to be work days. (laughs) Oh, boy. 
All right. I will see you Tuesday with ouch. All right. Have a great night, everybody.